Welcome to the Monterey Podcast. For more information, check out our website at montereychurch.com. Morning, church family. How are you doing? Wow, this is, uh, this is something. This is really exciting for us to be here with you, Monterey. And we have been so blessed this weekend. We've been so welcomed. Like, thanks, Barry. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks to the rest of the leadership team for just making sure that we had everything we needed when we rolled in. We are on the tail end of a whirlwind tour across Texas. Uh, we have been uh, in country since July 15th, and we are leaving on Saturday, August 19th. So we are just about to wind this thing down. Uh, after we leave Lubbock on Tuesday morning, we will head back to San Antonio for a few days where my mom lives, say some goodbyes, uh, try not to cry too much, and then get on a plane back for Hungary, uh, which we're really excited to do. But we have saved the best for last to be with you guys. Uh, so uh, just honored to be here with you this morning. This feels like, and I just want to say, Barry, thank you uh, for giving up a Sunday where you could be bringing the word to allow me to be a guest speaker today. That's a, a big deal. Uh, and I know that uh, you've only got a few Sundays left before you enter into a new stage of your ministry here with Monterey. And so to give up one of those is, is no small thing. So thank you for that. I will try my best to honor our time this morning together. Uh, it feels like we're right at home here. And some of you, you may know us, you may know my wife Susan because she grew up going to church here, was in Eric's youth group when he was just starting out, I think. He'd only been here a couple years, I think, when Susan started coming to church here. She was baptized at this church and really grew into that uh, foundation of faith in this church family back when it was meeting in a different location. Uh, and so just we feel really connected here. Um, I met Susan 25 years ago when we started at Lubbock Christian University together, which is hard to believe that that much time has passed. Where do the years go? I don't know. But I also grew up in Shallowater, Texas, just down the road. So uh, yeah, I was in the class of 1997, go Mustangs. Uh, and so yeah, it just feels like we're right at home here. Uh, last night, uh, we were able to go back to LCU for the first time in many years and got to see an incredible production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. How cool was that? I don't know if anybody else got a chance to see it, but this city, the, the body of Christ in this city is just amazing. And all the talents were on full display last night. We really loved getting to take part of that. So yeah, just a, a, a true homecoming being here back in Lubbock. I actually got started in student ministry a long time ago. Uh, uh, just down the road in Leveland, Texas, at the Cactus Drive Church of Christ. Some of you may have some roots there, some family from there. And so that started a 15-year journey in student ministry. And then uh, a couple years ago, we answered the call to go to full-time uh, cross-cultural ministry in Europe. Uh, so yeah, we we're really grateful for the partnership that we have with Monterey. That's been a huge part of our journey. We could not do it without you and we wouldn't want to. So thank you so much for being a part of our story. Just a quick roadmap this morning of where we're going to go. I want you to know where we're headed. Uh, I'm going to share one story from scripture continuing this series of living and active. I know that you guys have looked at some texts and we, we look back at the word of God in the Old and New Testament and we see just how powerful these words are. These are not antiquated verses. This is not some kind of ancient literature. This is the living and active Word of God. And I know that you've looked at some incredible texts already. And this morning, I'm privileged to share one of my very favorites from Mark chapter 2. Uh, so we'll be continuing this series. 
Uh, and then after I share this one uh, text from Scripture, I'll share one story. I'll try to keep it short. It's a story of someone that we have come to know in our part of the world in their journey to faith. And then we will wrap up with a call to action. Sound good? Hopefully it won't be too painful. Let's just jump in here. All right, so we're going to look at Mark chapter 2 this morning, church. And just a little bit of context. Jesus has begun his public ministry He has already done some incredible things before we get to this scene. He has cast out some unclean spirits. He has healed Simon's mother-in-law. He has basically performed one miracle after another as people have come to Capernaum to meet him. And he's just healed and cast out diseases and, and, and spirits. And so Jesus has developed quite a reputation and then he's gone on to Galilee because he said, you know, we got to preach the gospel to other places. It's not, the gospel isn't meant to be contained in one place. It's got to be spread out. Sound familiar like the great commission that we all answer to today. And so he has just returned to Capernaum and that's where we'll pick up here in Mark chapter two. The scripture says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. I tell you, skipping down to verse 11, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. This is just incredible, right? This scene that has just unfolded in front of us here. This man being brought into the presence of Jesus, and Jesus just speaks a word to him. This man who is, we don't know his backstory, but we know that he's paralyzed. And Jesus speaks a word to him, and he gets up, picks up the mat that he was brought in on, if that's not dramatic enough, and walks out in full view of them all. Just incredible. This is the kind of thing that Jesus was doing, but it says they'd never seen anything like it. So I guess this is like a fresh crowd for Jesus, and they'd never seen anything like this before. But I want to just back up for a moment this morning and and talk about how we got to this point. Jesus is teaching, a crowd gathers. Obviously, the reputation has built, the word has gotten out. The fame of Jesus early on is incredible. And so much so that people are starting to gather every opportunity to hear him speak, just to hear a word that he might say, to maybe catch view of a miracle, to see someone healed. You just can't imagine this kind of crowd. There's no opportunity for anyone to even gather to be near him. They can't even get inside the door. There's no, it's not just standing room only. It's like maybe breathing room only if they can breathe because they're being pressed in near Jesus. And you can just imagine, I mean, have you ever been a part of a crowd like that? The closest thing I can recall is when we lived in Beijing trying to get on the subway about rush hour. 
Uh, that was always not wise. And when we were doing that, Nash was one, years old, one year old, and I would try to carry him close to me with everybody just pressing around. There was no more room to get onto the subway, and that's just when people decided that we should push a little bit further and squeeze about 100 more people on. So if you think you're uncomfortable in, a, in an elevator when two or three people are in there with you, uh, it's nothing, I promise. It's not a crowd like this. So if you can imagine, it would be difficult to say the least, to get close to Jesus. I mean, there was probably many people who wanted to get close to him that there just wasn't an opportunity. They heard the same stories. They knew that the miracles were being performed, but it was, the crowd was too great and they were gonna be on the outside and they were never gonna get close. So you can imagine it would be difficult, but imagine on top of that, that you have a disability, that you can't walk. There's no way that you're gonna be able to like squeeze in somewhere, maybe get to just touch him or stand near him, or, or hear the words that he's saying. Uh, and so, what are you going to do? It seems hopeless. It seems like a lost cause. There's no way you'll ever get close to Jesus. And that's the part of this story that I love, because this guy who cannot walk, this guy who is no, going nowhere on his own, has these four friends, I, I, I presume they're friends, or four men, who gather around him, pick up the mat that he's on, one on each corner, and begin to carry him to the place where Jesus is at. And I'm sure when they got there, they were disappointed at first. Like, oh man, we got so close. But I'm sorry, like, we're not gonna be able to get you to Jesus today. That, that's exactly how I'd have reacted. Like, it's just too crowded, it's not safe for you. You know, you're already in a, in, a, in a pretty bad position, we don't wanna chance it. So let's just turn around, we'll come back another day, surely there'll be another opportunity to get you close to Jesus. But no, these guys don't think like that. They are thinking outside of the box, they're unconventional, and really, more than anything, I think they're just driven by a conviction that the man inside the room, the man at the center of the crowd can do something about their friend's condition. And they will not take no for an answer. They refuse to give up. They refuse to go back. They're only going forward. And I love these guys. You know, what is the plan here? You know, we can't get in. So let's just, let's just climb the, the building and get on top of the roof. Sounds like a wise decision with a guy who's paralyzed on a mat. So th this is the plan. They're going to they're gonna do this, and they do. They actually scale a wall, get up on top of a roof. I don't know what the rooftop is like, but it's obviously one that they can tear through. So maybe not real secure. You know, you got the weight of four guys plus a guy on a mat, kind of precarious. And they think, okay, this is good, but you know what would be better is if we were able to actually get in and see Jesus. So they start tearing this thing apart layer by layer. They're just going through the roof. Can you imagine if that started happening today here at Monterey? Distraction, right? These guys paid good money to see Jesus. No, they didn't pay money, but they, they got there close. They, they got there early. They did what they needed to do, and now someone's trying to break in, distracting them from what is going on from this man Jesus' teaching. And I don't know about you, but I have a hard enough paying a time in church sometimes with just a normal Sunday, much less something coming through the ceiling. And so this is what's going on. They, they tear a, a hole through, and not only can they see what's going on, that's not enough, they tear it big enough so that they can now lower their friend on this mat down right in the middle of this crowd. I just wonder if people were like stepping back, being like, okay, you guys got the show. Uh, we don't know what's going on here, but they lower him down right in front of Jesus. And that's when this healing takes place. 
amazing, crazy. I mean, come on, these guys are awesome, right? We all want friends like this. We all want to be friends like this, who would do whatever it takes to get someone into the presence of Jesus. And when we're in need, we would love to have those around us who would pick up their corner of the mat and carry us where we need to be. Man, we need friends like that in our lives. And they, they knew that their friend was in need of a breakthrough, and they literally break through the roof to make it happen. And I love this because Jesus takes notice. One of the most powerful parts of the story to me is when the writer Mark says in verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Did you notice that when he saw the faith of the paralyzed man? Maybe, but it doesn't say that. I'm sure he's collected a part of the collective crew when it says their faith, but he notices their faith. These four guys who bring their friend into the presence of Jesus. And so you just see that Jesus is moved, that he has compassion because of their compassion, that he cures this man spiritually and physically on the spot, no questions asked. I love it that he doesn't lecture them for interrupting, interrupting his sermon. Like that would be a temptation, right? Like, hey guys, don't you see? Like, I can be with you later, but right now I'm in the middle of some, some really good teaching. I just, I'm getting going right now and this is kind of a distraction. He doesn't do that. He doesn't lecture them at all. He doesn't condemn them for destroying property. Like I totally could see that happening. Like somebody's gotta pay for that, guys. Uh, you know that's not cool. This is somebody's house, they live here, and you're digging through their rooftop. He doesn't condemn them, he just notices their faith and heals this man. I'm totally blown away by this. This text has had a powerful impact on my life personally when brothers of mine carried me into the presence of Jesus and helped me overcome depression that I was dealing with for many years. And they said, you know what, you're not going this alone, we're going with you. We're gonna do something about this. Uh, convinced me that it was right to go to counseling. Was able to do that and get some help. Convinced me to go to the elders of our church and take them up on God's word, where it says, if any of you are sick, call the elders of the church to pray over you, anoint you with oil, and you'll be healed, because the prayer of righteous people is powerful and, a, and effective, and they did that. And it's been a powerful part of my life, and this is what breakthrough faith can do. It is the power of collective impact and shared belief. We know that there's strength in numbers, don't we? We've all heard the phrase that teamwork makes the... Thank you for playing along, yeah. And we know that these guys are just a group of ordinary men. There's, it doesn't give us any context of who they are. I don't think they're spectacular. They're not like some kind of heroic people. They're just ordinary guys that love this man and have faith that Jesus can do something. So what about us today? Who are the people around you lying on a mat, either physically or metaphorically, that need to be ushered into the presence of Jesus? What corner can you pick up alongside somebody else and say, hey, let's, let's, get, let's get marching because we know the one who can do something about this. We know the King of Kings. We know a Savior who can not only cure physically but spiritually. We know the one who is overcome. Who is it that we're going to carry into the presence of Jesus? Maybe some of us are ones who really need someone to pick up a corner and carry and lift us because we're in a place where we really just need some help or support. 
But that's what the church is all about. That's what we do. It's who we are. And so this is our call this morning. What lengths are we willing to go to because of how strongly we're convicted that Jesus can do something in the lives of those around us? What walls will we scale? What rooftops will we climb on? What holes will we dig? What conventions will we defy in the name of bringing people into the presence of Jesus? Whatever it takes. What impact will our shared faith have on the world around us? Monterey, in partnership with you, uh, we want to share one way that we're trying to do this in Europe. One way that we're trying to do something a little bit different, maybe outside of the box of conventional evangelism or mission work as you would think of it. But it's, uh, we're just trying to pick up a corner of a mat. And we know that you guys have got another corner and there's other people that are pulling and we're going to do this together for the sake of people knowing Jesus in Europe. And instead of uh, giving you a whole lot of information about our strategy, I'm just gonna give you a brief overview and tell you the story of a man named Asim. So we're a part of a team in Budapest called the One Kingdom Team. We're a pretty small group of believers who decided that we could use digital media uh, and social media to, to reach people who are spiritually seeking. There's a statistic that says that 2% of people in any given population are open to spiritual change. And that's who we're trying to connect with. So we create spiritually saturated content, you know, videos, images, messages, and we blast it out on social media. We market as well as we know how uh, on things like Facebook and X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, you know, we try to just get the word of God in front of people who might be spiritually sensitive or open. And so we might post a message about hope. Do you need hope? And someone would respond and they'd say, I feel like I'm hopeless. What do you, what do you know? And we begin a dialogue online with full-time workers in each country that we're working in. And they just try to share the gospel with them and love them. And then ultimately connect them with a believer where they live. We have a whole network of believers all across Europe who said, hey, if you identify someone online who's spiritually seeking, you can connect them to me because I will study the word with them. I will disciple them. I will shepherd them the best that I can. And this is the strategy. This is what we do all day, every day is train teams how to do this. So we're just trying to, we have a goal of seeing the Great Commission fulfilled in Europe together. That's what we're trying to do. That's a big God-sized goal that there's no way we're doing it on our own. And so we just commit to praying about this and equipping teams all throughout Europe to use this strategy. We believe that God could use this strategy in 44 countries. Right now we're in 14. And we're trying to shepherd those teams and, and bless those teams that have already launched with this approach. So here's one story from one of the teams we work with in Bosnia. I'm gonna share the story of a man named Asim. So Asim reached out to our team in Bosnia after seeing an ad for a free Bible on our Instagram account there. Now, most of the time, these exchanges are relatively straightforward. People would say, yeah, you're offering a free Bible. I'd like one. We send it to them. Then we follow up a little bit later and say, hey, did you get your Bible? If they did, would you like someone to study that Bible with you? You know, and so that's an open door maybe to a face-to-face -face meeting. So most of them go pretty straightforward and simple. But this message from Asim was full of curses and not of the pleasant variety, if there were such a thing. This, it was filled with curses just raining down because of this offer for a free Bible. And our teammate, full of the Holy Spirit, chose to respond to a seam with a blessing. 
How do you handle a curse? You bless. And oh man, this angered Asim. Uh, he was furious. So he hurled back more curses than before. And again, his curses were met with blessing. Asim's response was outrage. You can't do that. You cannot do that. I cursed you. You have to curse me in return. A little background. Asim is from a remote part of Bosnia. He's a Bosniak Muslim and he grew up practicing Islam. The area where he lives is often referred to as some of the hardest soil in all of Europe if you're trying to plant seeds of the gospel. It is often said that there, it's like a, a layer of hard ground that's covered in asphalt and then relayered with titanium on top. Like it is a hard place to be. No missionaries are actively or presently there. There are no known Christians at the time. And so this is a really difficult area to be. People have tried all kinds of things from teaching English uh, as a hook to you know, share the gospel, even to, down to goat farming. No joke, there was a group that tried goat farming to try to reach people in the area. Nothing was working. So this is where Asim lives. Uh, it is one of Europe's least evangelized people groups because of this. And for years, uh, there has been no fruit from any of the efforts. When the last blessing was received through Instagram, Asim's curses began to turn into questions. So he shared that two years earlier that he began to have visions and dreams of a man that was glowing in white. And he was beginning to question whether that man might actually be Jesus. So the local believers started to meet with him. He was curious, started asking more questions. So they started to meet with him online because again, there are no Christians in the area where that he, that he lives. And for a month, they met with him online, just discipling him the best they could, teaching them everything they could, trying to make sure that they were being faithful to this man who was now spiritually seeking. And they actually traveled about a month later to meet him face to face. And they studied from morning to night the scriptures, all the way from creation to Christ, just laying it all out there. And Asim knew in that moment that he must step away from Islam and towards Jesus. So in just a little bit, we're going to put up a slide. And I want you to know when you see this slide, you're going to see Asim making the decision to put his trust in Jesus. And his face and the faces of those working with him are going to be blurred out. And the reason for that is, is because he is in a very sensitive area and we want to respect his privacy and his security. So anyways, this is the picture of Asim being baptized in the river there. So just, just want to celebrate, praise God for this. This was a guy who was in one of the hardest areas to reach and is now the first known believer where he lives. So praise God. Today, Asim is still hungry to know more about Jesus. He's actually traveled recently to a place where there are other Christians. And I don't have the picture today, but there's a picture of him jumping into the arms of another man who is a believer because he just couldn't believe he actually had a brother in Christ that was like him. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful story of what God's doing in his life. He's, you know, still the only believer we know in the area. But today there are no more curses, only blessings. He was and is blessed now to be a blessing. And that's our story that we get to be a part of. This is what you are a part of, Monterey. I want you to know that. Like that's, this is uh, what God is doing through all of us together as we pursue the Great Commission.
And we believe that when Jesus sees our faith, that's all of us together combined, when he sees our faith, that he does something powerful in response in the lives of those who are seeking him. We see it in Mark chapter 2, this breakthrough faith, and we see it in our lives every day as we serve in Budapest on behalf of Europe. And we know you see it all around you as well. And yet, in this partnership, we want to take, ask you to take another step with us because we're, we're thrilled that we get to partner with Monterey and we're grateful for the support. But we want to ask you to take another step to go one layer deeper with us, and that's all about prayer. So, there's three things that we want to ask you to do to pray about or specific ways to pray. One, uh, and uh, I'm just going to share this verse first from Matthew 18. Again, truly I tell you, if two, are you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. So that's why we, we believe in the power of prayer because you see the collective impact of shared belief go to work when people pray. And so that's what we're trying to do. Jesus says he does for us, that he answers us when we pray. Uh, so one way is to go to prayforcroatia.net. You can do that right here in church this morning. I'm giving you permission. If you want to get out your phone, it's okay. I won't be offended. I won't think you're, you know, playing uh, some game or whatever. It is a-okay. We would love for you to, to go to prayforcroatia.net right now and sign up on that website to pray with us. Why Croatia and not all of Europe? Well, Susan and I still have a heart for Croatia, we spent three years there before we moved over to Hungary. We still are a part of the team there that is trying to use digital media to reach their neighbors. And we can tell you that team has been through it. They have been discouraged. It's been hard. It's been slow going. But they still are being faithful that God can use this tool to reach their neighbors. And so I told them that we're going to go back and we're going to invite as many people that we know in America to join us and pray with us. Because we believe that when people pray that God answers. And so if you would go there, we would love it. You'll get a weekly at some point or maybe a monthly. I don't really know the, the rhythm from our team yet, but you'll get a regular prayer email with prayer prompts. So it'll be pretty simple. It'll, it'll give you specific things to be praying about on behalf of Croatia. And then there's going to be a 30-day campaign at some point in this year where we're going to try to cover the country for 24 hours a day, 30 days straight. And would love for you to be a part of that deal. Uh, we've seen it happen in some other countries around us, and it's had a big impact. So now we want to do this for Croatia as well. A second thing we'd like to, to do is offer you to, the opportunity to stay connected to us through our newsletters. And so if you go to this website here, teamexpansion.org slash thecoopers, you can sign up on the right column there to get our newsletter. And it's not just an update, but there's prayer requests every single time. And, you know, we are really sharing uh, current things and would love to have as many of you praying just over our family. We know you already do, but this is a way to go maybe a step deeper and more intentional with us. We love it when we get responses back and someone tells us, hey, that thing you just asked us to pray about, we prayed for it. We love you guys. That means the world to us. Scotty, I'm not sure where you are. You are one of the best at doing that regularly for us. So thank you. It means the world to us. And that'll open up an opportunity for us to dialogue with you, reach back out, and ask how we can pray for you because we want to pray for you as our spiritual family. So that's the second thing. There's one other thing. There's prayer cards uh, this morning. Uh, you may not see one near you, but they're in some of the chairs around you. There may be a prayer card. Uh, and if you don't see one, maybe someone could pass you one if you would like to take one. And if you just stick it on your fridge somewhere, 
If you just put it maybe at your office, you know, on a little bulletin board, pin board, something like that, it would mean the world to us if you would just, when you see our faces, if you'd stop and pray for our team, pray for us, pray for the kids, uh, that would mean, mean so much to us. So, uh, and, and also, if you don't remember any of this right here, the information's on the card. So it's a great thing to have all of that handy. Just want to pray over you this morning, church family. You guys have blessed us so much. We want to be a blessing to you however we can. So please let us know if there's ever any way that we can serve, that we can come alongside of you, lift you up to our Father. We want to do that. Uh, so right now, we just want to pray together. Let's pray. Father God, just thank you so much for this morning and the gift that it is to be your church. Lord, love, love, love being here in Monterey and being with this family. I'm so grateful, Lord, for the eternal impact this church has had on our family. That Susan was able all those years ago to find community here, but more than, more than that, truly family. People who loved her and who taught her and shared the gospel with her and gave her a place where she could grow spiritually. And Lord, those roots are uh, making a generational impact as we try to be faithful and pass on our faith to our children. So just thank you so much for this church. Lord, thank you for the way that they faithfully give and support missionaries all around the world. And Lord, the fact that we get to be a part of that is just super humbling and we're grateful for the kingdom investment. We're grateful that we have these brothers and sisters who lock arms with us, who pick up a corner of a mat with us and walk people into the presence of Jesus. So Lord, we just thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, bless this church. Bless them as they transition into a new season of ministry. Lord, bless Barry and Debbie as they transition into a new season. So excited for them, Lord. Lord, I know you got some great things ahead for them. So thankful they're going to get to stay and be connected to this body. Like that just doesn't happen all the time. And Lord, we know this is a special place that it can. Uh, and that they want to be here. And that's, Lord, just such a good news to us. Lord, bless them as they find the next person that will step in and preach the word faithfully to this congregation. Bless everyone in leadership and that serves. Bless every single member of this family. Every part of the body is so important. And we cannot function without one another. So, Lord, just so grateful for this church. Yeah, Lord, every blessing that you have for them in Jesus Christ, we pray that they'll have it. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Song today. Shadow, you won't light up.